millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And, of course, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Hope you guys are having a lovely day. We've got a lot to discuss. You can tell from the thumbnail on screen... That we've had a number of high-profile exposures in the last two days. Oh yeah, also, the Nashville Trans Manifesto, it's been confirmed by Nashville police. You know, there's some times when I don't report on things because one thing or another. But I've been doing this for a long time, and there are certain other markers that I look for to determine whether or not a story has legs, and that was certainly one of them. So, I don't regret talking about it yesterday, but we're going to continue the conversation today. It almost appears as if there is a plot by the gay mafia to take out Donald Trump. The LGBTQ RSTMZ rainbow people the absolute most radical of the radical left that want to indoctrinate your children and essentially turn off the ability of future generations to have kids we'll talk about this and so much more in just a moment if you sit back relax and grab your popcorn we're going to be right back after this 
Are you turning healthy fruits into highly unhealthy fruits without even realizing it? Well, fruit can be one of the healthiest things we can put into our bodies, but the problem is the majority of Americans are making this single critical mistake that can counteract all of the health benefits fruit can bring you. There are some fruits that help with occasional constipation. They might reduce bloating, and some even help to burn calories. But there are others that wreak havoc on your digestive system and your energy levels. And in this viral presentation, world-renowned heart surgeon Dr. Stephen Gundry showcases the top three fruits that you should stop eating today. So head on over to thehealthyfat.com forward slash Zach or click that link in the description box below this video to learn the top three common foods that are the cause of your fatigue. And by eliminating these fruits, you could forever change the way we help increase energy levels, decrease brain fog, support digestion, and even lose weight. And by activating this specific process within your own body. Dr. Gundry has seen thousands, yes, thousands of people dramatically improve their health, even at age 40 and beyond. And this video has been watched by over 20 million people to date. And you can watch and learn more right now at thehealthyfat.com forward slash Zach. It's linked in the description of this video. And when you watch, he'll teach you exactly how he's kept his weight off and you can too. Once again, that's thehealthyfat.com forward slash Zach. Click on the link in the description description below this video to watch for free and when you support my sponsors you support this channel all right good afternoon good evening and welcome back thank you so much for being here i see that anarchist owl said that i appear slightly out of sync i actually noticed that yesterday and as i'm watching myself speak right now there is perhaps a half of a second lag so i don't know if it's exaggerated by the time it gets to you guys and i don't know if it's my system or if it's rumble i don't know you never can tell everything is so complicated nowadays but either way thank you very much for joining us today if this is your first time here make sure you hit the subscribe button make sure that if you're a regular viewer or if you like the content that you hit the like button or the red pill button i would sincerely appreciate it uh thank you very very much, Mimsy. It looks like uh, I should be up everywhere, and I I always watch the streams um, from the very beginning, and to me, it appears that they actually start and everything is good to go. But for some reason, for you guys, it doesn't always work. And I don't know, that could be due to a whole host of different things. I was telling people uh, last week, I believe, about the issues that I've been having with Visa, uh, Visa canceling people's memberships, uh, Visa uh, 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 initiating chargebacks for customers. Uh, Visa also not allowing me to actually pay Rumble the monthly fee so that I can stream and keep all my videos on the platform. Uh, well, I, I went today to the Dollar General and I bought a prepaid MasterCard. Let me see if I can show that to you. There you go. Prepaid MasterCard. And I'm hoping that that's going to alleviate my problems. Now, I realize that this is not a very convenient thing for people to have to do. Obviously, you already have your bank accounts. You already have your cards set up. Um, but it is something that I'm going to see if it actually works. And if it does, and uh, you guys think that it would be a benefit to you as well, then you can go ahead and check it out for yourself. It was like $3 to load up to $500 on the card. So the fee itself is is rather minimal at the end of the day. Um, so hope you guys are having a good one. Hope that uh, you enjoyed the program yesterday. If you didn't, make sure you check it out. I want to remind everybody of the schedule Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. 
every single day, Monday through Thursday. If you're at all confused about what time the show starts, just look below the title, and it should give you a time stamp to tell you when the stream begins right there. It'll actually actually say stream begins, and then the time in your time zone. And then as you get closer to the stream, it'll actually start a little countdown. Uh, and then also on Friday and Saturday nights from 9 to 11 p.m., and sometimes we go a little bit longer. Generally speaking, though, I never go late. And if I am going to be late for a show, then I'm going to let you guys know ahead of time. All right. So I want to first get into the follow-up on yesterday's story regarding the trans festo of one uh, Aiden or or what was her name? Uh, Audrey Hale. Audrey Hale. So there was a bit of con- conversation in the chat yesterday as to whether or not I should even be covering it because it hadn't been confirmed by the Nashville uh, authorities. Um, but as I said in the introduction, uh, having done this for uh, a couple of years, uh, there are times where I feel comfortable reporting on a story. Um, number one, the content of the manifesto, uh, it appeared to be exactly what we had heard it was. Uh The other part is the response from the left and the response from the people who didn't want this to be seen. I also took that into account. Uh, I also took into account the fact that it was already being reported widely. uh, And I had heard from people with knowledge that it had actually come from very specific sources and those sources could be trusted. Now, it was also a photograph of someone holding Uh, what appeared to be a notebook. So it wasn't like a document that somebody had created electronically. It was handwritten, uh, and uh, and, and it just had the hallmarks of something that was real. LKW Cross says, here is uh, $3 for your fee. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Mine was Discover Card, but I'm still using it, so I don't know about Visa. Visa is the one that was giving me trouble. Uh, Andre says, hey, Zach, yesterday you talked about Pangea on Badlands. I have a theory that the flood from Noah's Ark split the continents. Uh, How did all the animals go on the ark if the continents were split. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, that's actually a good theory. You know, I always thought that maybe the ark was way bigger than uh, we could possibly imagine. And there's also the possibility, if we're talking about a, 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 an antediluvian civilization, a pre-flood civilization, was it an ark in the way that we have perceived it to be, meaning was it a large ship or was it some other form of vessel that allowed for literally two of every single species of animal on the face of the earth to be loaded up onto it, which would mean that it would be really, really big. And perhaps it was even some sort of advanced technology that has been lost to us as a result of that flood. Uh, two in the pink, you said, it says you see mini or mini orange man bad. Uh, and then Leanne 63 says much love Zach. And then porpoiseful says, uh, just dropped a cookie. So thank you very, very much guys. I appreciate you. I, I suggest you guys go check out Baseless Conspiracies from last night. Uh, Ghost of Base Patrick Henry was able to fill in for John, who was still traveling because he went to Patrick's wedding. And uh, we did about like an hour of overtime. And I just want to apologize once more to Fredo if he's in the chat. I don't see his name yet. Uh, but Fredo, I want you to know that I wasn't trying to ignore the Super Chats last night um, <clears throat> because I was the one who was presenting and also the one who was producing on the back end. Uh, uh, 
it's it, it was difficult for me to pay attention to all of the things that I normally pay attention to when it's me and John. So like this show right here, and I mean, part of it is me like taking a break and take a look over here and uh, and I look to see what you guys are saying. But it's a little different when it's on somebody else's channel and I have like this high bar of excellence that I want to make sure that I meet. I don't want to screw up. And so, you know, that was a part of it. So if anybody was upset that I missed their Super Chats while they were in the audience, I just want you to know that I'm sorry, and I'll continue to try to do it the best way that I can. So this morning, we got the the ultimate confirmation that the Transifesto was actually written by Audrey Hill. And that is coming from the Nashville chief of police who confirmed the authenticity of this manuscript, which was in fact leaked. Now, it also came with the announcement that the Nashville Police Department was going to be launching an investigation. So the Nashville chief of police, John Drake, earlier today confirmed that authenticity of the Covenant Christian Shooters Manifesto. And uh, again, I said it was more like a diary. It was uh, looked to have uh, a number of other entries that didn't make it onto the web uh, and definitely said that it was unauthorized. Now, that would make sense. That's exactly what I expected yesterday when this was initially released. And I know that Steven Crowder was the one who put it out. Uh, but, you know, I don't care really what you think about Steven Crowder. I mean, like, I'm not like a huge Crowder fan. I have a certain amount of respect for him. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to, like, fall over backwards to avoid something because Steven Crowder was initially associated with it. I think that it was highly newsworthy. So, Stephen is the one who actually had it leaked to him, and uh, the police chief had condemned the fact that this was an unauthorized leak, and the number one thing that they were trying to go for was to identify the person responsible. Of course, they're going to try to identify the person responsible because that person made the FBI and the Nashville Police Department look like total fools. Uh, there's an obvious reason as to why that manuscript, that manifesto, hadn't made itself uh, aware, or excuse me, hadn't been made aware on the internet up until that point, and that's because of the content of it. They did not want this trans individual to be associated with such intense feelings of hatred, racism, homophobia, you name it. Uh, Audrey Hale or Aiden Hale, whatever she called herself, uh, hit a lot of targets. And uh, she may have been white, but she didn't fit that mold of the white male ultra right wing America first gun nut shooter that they always like to portray people as. So he said in his statement, I am greatly disturbed by today's unauthorized release of three pages of writing from the Covenant shooter. Now, that confirms to me that there are many more pages that have yet to be released. And I can only hope that the individual or individuals who actually got those first three pages might have the rest of them. This department is extremely serious about the investigation to identify the person responsible. This action showed a total disregard for Covenant families, as well as the court system, which has control of the shooter's journals at the present time due to litigation filed earlier this year. Now, again, I don't necessarily believe that the families that are victims of Audrey Hale actually don't want this information to get out unless they're, I don't know, consumed with white guilt and 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 are ultimately wrapped up in the whole left-wing Democrat narrative. Uh, but it is now pending 
in Davidson County Chancery Court and the Tennessee Court of Appeals. We are now at we are not at liberty to release the journals until the courts rule. Our police department looks forward to the ultimate resolution of the litigation concerning the journals. Now, I, I think that the real reason this is tied up in court is so that it will never be released uh, in its entirety. Now, a portion of it has been released, uh, which I think is good for the American public. It's good for the awareness of the American public. It tells us a couple of key things. As I st- stated yesterday, it appears that Audrey Hill likely had uh, some sort of contact with law enforcement prior to the day that she actually went into this school. Uh, it seems to indicate that... Um, it was likely that the FBI or the police were actually aware of Audrey Hale and perhaps her murderous intent, which, of course, plays right into the idea that this was some sort of uh, manufactured incident. Uh, I don't believe that there are very many people who just wake up one morning and say, guess what, guys, I'm going to be a school shooter. I think that those people are groomed. I, I think that there is an element of coordination that happens. And as we see in every single school shooter incidents, there is law enforcement contact that happens prior to the date of the massacre. And although the FBI has a really easy time tracking down MAGA grandmothers and putting them in solitary confinement, they seem to not have the same sort of track record when it comes to stopping school shootings before they happen. So then you have to ask the question, why is it that the FBI doesn't see to have the same sort of concern over this stuff as they do for the concern to go after nonviolent protesters and take away the guns of innocent people. So uh, I think that we don't need to go into the details of what was in that manifesto. But I mentioned yesterday the response from the press, from the people who would like to keep this hidden. To me, that was a signal that they definitely did not want this specific information out. I find it highly unlikely that the people who were fighting to keep these journals secret didn't already have some level of awareness of what was contained inside. Otherwise, there'd be no reason to fight for it to remain hidden. And this reporter here on screen, he's a leftist journalist, he was extremely upset uh, about the release of the journals, uh, and uh, it was only for the reason that he didn't want this to blow back on the LGBTQ community. So his name is Phil Williams, and he tried to create a false narrative surrounding the release of these journals. He called Crowder's scoop extremely misleading and claimed without evidence that he had multiple sources backing him up. Now, there's a good chance that these sources would be the same deep state operatives that have been protecting Audrey Hale and her journals for months. We know the FBI stepped right in and they were very quick to make sure that the journals didn't find their way into the public. So Williams has the audacity to insinuate that what we witnessed at that school was not a hate crime, 
despite the fact that the journal itself was laden with anti-white slurs, anti-male slurs, even homophobic slurs, and not to mention it was an attack exclusively on Christians. I don't know how you couldn't call this a hate crime. This completely blows up the narrative. The release of this manifesto, this journal, whatever you want to call it, it blows up the narrative that the greatest threat to the safety of Americans is white male extremism, white male right wing extremism. That narrative is dead. And if you take a look at just how many attacks of this nature have actually taken place, we're talking about nearly a dozen of individuals who identified on the LGBTQ plus rainbow spectrum who engaged in this sort of activity. And that's not to put all of the blame on gays and trans and all of that. What I'm really getting at is that we have a mental health crisis in this nation. And even more than that, we have a problem with brainwashing and programming coming from the highest levels of authority within our own government and around the globe. So he then continued uh, to attempt to shame Steven Crowder. Multiple sources have told me that the selective leak of the three pages of the Covenant Shooting Manifesto is extremely misleading. This is what they always say. It was taken out of context. People who have read the whole thing say that there is something in there for everybody. Yep, as long as you're a man, as long as you're a Christian, as long as you're white, as long as you have privilege because of the money in your bank account, and even if you are a homosexual. He then attempted uh, to shame Crowder by saying, from a member of the Covenant School community, so perhaps somebody else who had seen the manifesto, our school staff is in a very bad place upon hearing the news of the leak of the writings. Need prayers. Need prayers. I don't know that that actually came from somebody who works at the Covenant School. If you were an employee at the Covenant School and you were aware of the contents of that manifesto, you would also be aware that there is an organized effort by certain elements of American society to wipe you out simply because of the color of your skin or the God that you worship. Of course, Phil Williams got it on Twitter and he got it good. Who are you going to believe, the shooter's own words or what the liberal media says about those words? Uh, can you be any more of a fake news clown? <laughs> Mindy Robinson, uh, you got a way to spin wanna kill all you crackers that isn't racist towards white people. I don't think that there is a way that you can do it. And it continues on even more than that. <clears throat> Oh, okay, Fredo, gl I'm glad you're here, buddy. I hope that you went back and listened to the rest of the show. He says, no worries regarding last night. I apologize for being negative, long freaking day. I'm just glad you're here. Glad you're here, buddy. Um, now, th this is another aspect of the story that led me to believe this is more than likely the real deal. Facebook and other social media platforms moved to censor it almost immediately. On Facebook, they said that it violated community standards. Probably because it actually talked about certain types of hate crimes. I would imagine the only one that they counted, though, was the F word that was included in there. Uh, also, not only Facebook, but 
Twitter automatically started hiding and uh, claiming that the content of those posts was uh, somehow like too sensitive and people had to like verify their age to actually take a look at it. But you can see here, your post may go against our community standards on violence and incitement. Again, this is reporting on the words of someone who engaged in murderous activity. This is not a direct threat coming from the person who posted it. If this had been ABC News or CNN and they were posting a manifesto that was alleged to have been written by a white male Trump supporter, well, then, of course, it would not be caught by the censors at all. Here, you can actually see that Google was censoring the results of this. I found this out myself early in the morning when I went to search for any types of coverage on this outside of Steven Crowder and his initial live stream. Couldn't find a thing. Representative MTG also said every shooter's manifesto should be public. There is absolutely no reason to hide this. Unless, of course, our government wants to hide the fact that these shooters are on SSRIs and usually brainwashed by leftist propaganda. And that certainly does describe Audrey Hale. Now, of course, the mayor of Nashville was also very upset that this manifesto was able to leak out, uh, considering the content that it focused on. It also happens that the mayor of Nashville is a Democrat, uh, and he expressed his disgust, his disdain for the leakers. Uh, and I'm sure that he did not like that uh, the manifesto which itself shed quite a bit of light on the actual motive of Audrey Hale. If you'll remember, we've gotten no official word on the investigation since the killings actually happened. You know, uh, motive means opportunity and then the act. Uh, This is like, you know, criminology 101. The police, the FBI, the authorities, they always seek to define what it is that the killer wanted to do and why. And Audrey Elizabeth Hale, was not afforded that after death because of her transgender status. Uh, Didn't matter that she murdered uh, three nine-year-olds and uh, three adults in this mass shooting. She was in there for enough time to fire off 152 rounds. uh, and, And you would think that her motive would be pretty obvious. But the authorities wanted to pretend that they didn't know. Uh, so what did the mayor have to say about it? Let's jump ahead to that part right here. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Mayor Freddie O'Connell, he's outraged that the world now knows that this mass shooter who just happened to be trans was a racist who hated white children. Again, It's not racist if it's towards whites, and apparently it's not infanticide if it's towards white children. That's what they would have you believe. So uh, he said this to reporters. I have directed Wally Dietz, Metro's law director, to initiate an investigation into how these images could have been released. That investigation may involve local, state, and federal authorities. I am deeply concerned with the safety, security, and well-being of the Covenant families and all Nashvillians who are grieving. Tell me this. Riddle me this, Batman. How does the release of a dead shooter's manifesto put the lives of the Covenant families or citizens of Nashville at risk? 
every single time a shooting happens and there are words immortalized by the killer, the information is released to the public because it is newsworthy. It gives us insight into what was going on inside that person's head. And at the end of the day, it can help to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again. The only problem is it's going to happen again. And it's not going to happen again. Excuse me. It is going to happen again because there are forces who want this to continue happening. They will ensure with every fiber of their being that people continue to die, that there continues to be this sort of mass shooting, this mass casualty events, and that orchestrated death will continue to roll along until they get their way, and eventually they take away our ability to protect ourselves. Of course, I don't believe that that's going to happen, but it doesn't mean they're not going to try. So, Dietz also issued a response uh, following the mayor's inquiry, stating that the department possesses minimal details about the leak. I cannot confirm or deny the authenticity of the documents due to the existing lawsuit. Well, that was prior to actually confirming the authenticity of the documents. Uh, so, they were uh, saying that the images were not from the actual crime scene, and that must mean it was probably taken from the evidence room his, the, uh, itself. Uh, which would make a lot of sense. And uh, now we come to the actual revelation of what was most likely taking place. I had heard that this had come directly from within the Nashville Metro Police Department, uh, and uh, some brave souls went into the evidence room. Uh, they took some pictures, and, uh, and they sent it. And actually, this one appears to have been taken out in the parking lot. So this might have been someone who actually snapped a shot on the scene, uh, but it wasn't the person who was supposed to be snapping the shots. So what we have now are two police officers who are reportedly facing potential terminations after the leak of this manifesto. Uh, the mayor, who, again, was very outraged after the release of this, uh, LARPing as if the families were in danger now, uh, had um, directed the police chief to engage in this investigation. Uh, so they went in. They figured out who likely had done it. Turns out it was a couple of police officers. Now, I I can only hope that a couple of guys are not uh, just made patsies as a result of this. Uh, I hope that uh, if this is the people who actually leaked it, that they're hailed as heroes because the American people deserve to see uh, what actually went on inside the minds of uh, of Aiden slash Ashley. His, her, no, <laughs> he, his. She, her, where was. <laughs> no longer with us. No longer with us. I just got word that two officers are due to be fired over the release of the Nashville Manifesto pages. Allegedly, the documents were sold by one of the officers. Yesterday, I said that I wanted to wait to report on the release pages because while it was a major break, I felt the documents were incomplete and did not paint an accurate picture of what transpired, given the amount of evidence we know was collected in the aftermath of the horrific shooting. I am glad I waited. Yesterday evening, I was contacted by a source with more concrete information regarding all details of Audrey Hale's many notebooks and what her true motive was. Ooh, now this is Candace Owens saying that there is more to the story. The local authorities and the FBI did not want this information out. And now the question remains, who might be someone with more detailed information of Audrey Hale's true motives? I don't see how it can be any deeper than uh, hating people uh, for the things that she actually said. Uh, and I don't know if uh, Candace Owens has actually 
come out with this podcast that she's claiming to be releasing. Let's uh, go ahead and take a look. Stay tuned. This was 11.24 a.m. Let's see. Nope, she hasn't released anything yet. I don't even know where where to get her podcast or what it's called. Uh, Maybe it will only be available on the Daily Wire, but we'll have to see. All right, you guys, we got to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back on the other side right after this. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been made manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot-owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the Carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, so I just want to say specifically, Candace Owens is who claimed in that tweet that the officers sold the information. I see Ainsley in the chat says that that was already debunked. Uh, I haven't seen it, and I'm not going to pass any judgment either way. Obviously, on that tip, uh, I would wait until these guys reveal themselves, and then they give the full story. Uh, hopefully, Candace is uh, is 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 going to do the right thing and put out the information in the best way she can. But if somebody claims that uh, these guys sold the diary pages, then obviously they're going to have to bring some sauce on that. All right. So I'd like to transition now. That's enough talk about the transifesto. So uh, we have an interesting situation with all of these court cases uh, against President Trump. Uh, first of all, think about Georgia. Now, the initial charges brought by Fannie Willis uh, were all in regards to RICO, okay? It was all about racketeering, organized crime. Normally, organized crime getting RICO charges is uh, for some really heinous things. You don't see it for political actions. You, you don't see it for people who are trying to fix an election. I've always said that it was an overzealous prosecution. Fannie Willis charged all of those people with RICO so that she could then get them to plead guilty to lesser charges. And no one that has pled guilty yet and agreed to testify have pled guilty to anything regarding RICO. And the things they've pled guilty to 
really don't have much to do with President Trump, if anything at all. Uh, they are actions that they took themselves. Take Sidney Powell, for example. Sidney Powell, what she pled guilty to was actually uh, an action that she took along with a couple of other people in Coffee County. That is not the county uh, where they were actually charged. They were charged for racketeering and other crimes in Fulton County. Fannie Willis being the district attorney or the county attorney for Fulton County is not the county attorney for Coffee County. And there are, to my knowledge, no law enforcement officers or officers of the court from from Coffee County that are even involved in this case. It, it was very strange. She also charged them with uh, cases that should have been made by the state's attorney general. And I think she even threw a couple of federal things in there. She, so she's well outside of her jurisdiction. But Sidney Powell pleading guilty to paying an IT expert to come in and back up the electronic voting machines, that technically was an illegal act because she breached the um, uh, 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 the chain of custody. And uh, and that shouldn't have happened. And that's actually something that we've been rather upset about various election officials and uh, and people in positions of authority doing all around the country. Uh, so I don't think it's fair that Sidney Powell is uh, pleading guilty to that. But as I said, on the day that she did plead guilty, she's now going to be able to, uh, you know, alleviate herself of the millions of dollars that it would take to defend herself in a racketeering case, even though there's no way she could be found guilty by a reasonable doubt. There were no acts of, uh, of racketeering uh, involved with her or anybody else. Uh, so she really just took the easy way out. And I'm sure she's uh, she is a lawyer, right? So uh, I would imagine that she's uh, the one handling the uh, um, uh, the deal that she actually got from Fannie Willis and uh, in Fulton County. And what she's testifying to, uh, again, has nothing to do with President Trump. He didn't ask her to go to Coffee County and engage in the act of backing up that electronic voting machine. It was all her. So there's nothing that she's going to testify to that's going to put Trump in legal jeopardy. The exact same is true for every other person so far who's pled guilty. And there is no racketeering. If that goes to trial and President Trump is forced to defend himself, there's no way that they can prove he did anything illegal. As I also said before, it was a series of benign acts that Fannie Willis tried to string together to claim that it was an act of racketeering. Fredo says, Candace is just a Crowder hater, in my opinion. That's a good point. She actually is. After all that Daily Wire crap that went down. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, I don't really follow that area of conservative ink, but I, I know that you're correct. I remember when that happened. She had a lot to say about it. I mean, I'll be the first to admit that video of Crowder and his wife didn't look good. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens in relationships. People are not always on their best behavior when it's just them and uh, and, and they're getting raw. And I think that everybody here can admit that they've probably done or said things in their life that they wish they could take back. Uh, just oftentimes it's not on security cameras. They get leaked to the press because you're in the middle of a messy divorce. I think that was pretty shitty of his uh, of his ex-wife to go ahead and do that. But. You know, she's trying to get as big a check as she possibly can. Oh, man. There are so many people out there who take advantage of situations, and I just feel like it's so scummy. So in the same way that the Georgia case, in my opinion, is essentially dead against President Trump, the 
case in New York is now approaching that point as well. As we reported yesterday, uh, Judge Ngorin has been really behaving poorly in his courtroom. Uh, he went after President Trump. He went after President Trump's attorneys. He has gagged all of them. Uh, Letitia Peekaboo James, she brought this case, again, also overly zealous uh, with a bunch of things that she can't prove. And it was all about her politicking. It was about her future political aspirations. Now, uh, the behavior of these various individuals uh, are kind of painting themselves into a corner. Even if Judge Ngorin decides that President Trump is guilty, which he probably will because, hang on, my monitor just went out. Even if Judge Ngorin decides that President Trump is guilty again, which he probably will because he's totally unfair and he just wants to send President Trump to the gulag, basically, it's going to get overturned when it goes to a higher court. It's unfortunate President Trump is going to have to spend that money, uh, but uh, unfortunately, that's just the way that they're forcing him into getting justice. So a legal spokesperson for President Trump's legal team said that the judge in the civil trial was trying to hush President Trump because the explanations that President Trump were giving would wreck the case against him. And I think that that is patently obvious to anyone who went through that exchange that took place yesterday. President Trump and his attorney, Alina Haba, both clashed with Judge Ngorin during the testimony that was given yesterday. The judge had threatened to remove President Trump from the courtroom. Uh, In this instance, I, I mean, it's just so clear As a witness defending yourself on the stand, you have no choice but to explain the actions that you're being asked about. President Trump has already been found liable for fraud by Judge Ngorin, who knows nothing about real estate, who knows nothing about business. I would hazard a guess and say that the only thing he knows about is his abject hatred, his loathing, which is seemingly all-consuming for President Trump and anybody who actually stands up for him. So Larry Kudlow is that legal analyst. He said there was a fiery exchange with the judge. Frankly, I can't even say it was with the judge, and I'm very polite, I'm very professional when I'm in the courtroom, but the judge did not like him finishing or explaining because it wasn't good for his case. He is interfering He made this decision. Let's not forget that, Larry. He made a decision on summary judgment. He found liability already. So Letitia James suing President Trump, the case was a foregone conclusion from the beginning uh, of, of the very beginning. And during the the proceedings yesterday, uh, Alina Haba said, we're wasting all this time and he won't even let the president, who is the person they're trying to get to, explain why he certified to certain values. Why? Because the minute he starts to explain it, it ruins their case. He was worth more than his statement of financial conditions. And Miss James, her politics are not allowing her to backtrack. She needs a PR team. I'm telling you. Uh, and we've talked about the value of uh, Mar-a-Lago and President Trump's companies. It is greatly uh, uh, much, much larger than what the very uh, un uneducated Judge Ngorin, uh had previously assigned to it. So, 
She says, we're obviously going to move to completely dismiss the case. There should be a mistrial based on some of the things that were mentioned, and uh, I can't talk about it. There should be a mistrial here. Bias in general, I'll say. There is a judicial code of ethics. These ethics extend to the entire courtroom, and when you violate the rules of judicial ethics, there needs to be certain things that hold you accountable. Now, I'm not overly familiar with the process of asking for a mistrial. Does that go directly to Judge and Gorin? Do they seek a mistrial from a higher court? Uh, it seems to me that that uh, just as uh, Ms. Haba said, Judge Ngoran and Letitia James have acted well outside the sort of uh, ethical considerations that they're supposed to be abiding by uh, because they are the authority in that courtroom. And that authority has been abused time and time again. Uh, C. Ziegra says, you are smart and I have loved listening to you since Q times. Thank you for what you do. Well, thank you very, very much. I sincerely appreciate that. Also, I want to say hello to my good friend Nakaz808 hanging out over there in pilled.net. Thank you for the shades, buddy. I really appreciate it. Uh, yes. Uh, and, uh, and continuing. Uh, another former prosecutor says that the judge is uh, a farce and that he's lost control of his courtroom. I think that that's highly obvious considering the sort of exchange that Haba and President Trump had with Ngoran yesterday. He said, I really think this is a farce in the sense that the judge actually ruled against Trump before the trial even started. I've never heard of that happening. Have you guys heard of that happening? I've never heard of that happening. Um, and uh, so I kind of chuckled today at hearing that he had to turn to Trump's lawyer and said, can't you control your client? The reason the judge has lost control of his courtroom is that he basically told Trump that he lost before the so-called trial even started and that the ensuing trial, which will go on for two months or at least at that point in time, they said it would go on for two months. All of it is about how much he's going to let Letitia James run up the score in terms of how much Trump is going to be required to pay. So it's absolutely ridiculous. And this is completely outside the boundaries of the American judicial system. Uh, obviously, our system is highly unfair. Uh, it is Tilted in favor of one side or another. It's an unequal system with an unequal application of justice. And the law is a complete farce at this point. So, again, President Trump is going to appeal this to a higher authority. But in the meantime, Judge Arthur and Gorin has been exposed by Marco Polo. It's not just his courtroom that he's lost control of. He has also been exposed as some sort of perverted, I don't know, monster. But he was found to be posting these shirtless selfies, taking pictures of himself in the mirror at the gym and posting them to his high school alumni newsletter that he maintains. Let me just ask you guys this, and I think that I already know the answer. Do any of you here uh, maintain some correspondence with people that you used to go to high school with? Uh, do, do any of you take shirtless selfies and post them for people to see? Uh, from what I understand, this is through maybe some sort of a Facebook group. Uh, and Judge Ngorin, he's the one who titled this bonus torso photo. It was sent out. And uh, he also claims to get fan mail. I'm not going to dwell too much on these, but... 
There is uh, uh, some contention as to whether or not this is Arthur and Gorin's torso. Here he is at the gym with some dude. Now, I, I, I mentioned the gay mafia at the beginning of the show. I went and did a little bit of research, and Judge and Gorin is married. He's got four children. That doesn't mean he's not gay. Uh, I certainly don't know any um, – and, and <laughs> I don't know all that many straight guys who are posting pictures of themselves like this. But you can take a look at uh, these two sh- two shots side by side, and there's a characteristic vein, uh, very vascular vein, running down Arthur and Gorin's bicep. And uh, this photo, which is right here, uh, Arthur and Gorin – quite clearly has the exact same vein running down his arm. So I think it's safe to say uh, that uh, that this is him. So this is uh, quite embarrassing. And uh, it's also something that you wouldn't expect to be coming from a judge, an officer of the court. But it gets worse. You guys know the sheriff, Patrick Labatt, uh, down in uh, Fulton County, Georgia, He's the one who released the mugshot of President Trump. Well, if you think that Arthur and Gorin posting selfless, excuse me, shirtless selfies to his high school alumni newsletter, then the actions of Patrick Labatt are going to shock you to your core. Talk about the gay mafia. Sheriff Patrick Labatt used to moonlight as a gay porn star. Now, I'm definitely not going to show you guys these videos. There's actually nothing overtly, I guess, uh, improper about them. It's basically two guys kissing, and there's just no way around that. You're not faking that. So he actually also has a Twitter. And since being exposed as a gay porn star, he's locked down his Twitter. Hmm. And I wonder if that's his wife right there. I wonder what she thinks about it. Uh, she's the chief of <laughs> chief city of ATL Department of Corrections. Uh, yes, husband to Jackie Labatt. Oh, and she's deleted her account. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, Spirit, you can take my word for it. I'm, uh, I, wait, I actually have an article here from Marco Polo, and you're going to see a photo that uh, <laughs> you may not want to see. So if you want to turn your head for a moment, uh, we're going to go ahead and read this article because they do a pretty good summation of it. So the sheriff of Fulton County, Patrick Labatt, used to be a gay soft porn core, a, a, a gay soft core porn star. Uh, now, You have to wonder, what goes through someone's head, right? I I mean, I don't know. I I was always taught that uh, a picture, a video, it's forever. I mean, these things are undoubtedly going to be kept by someone. And if you're in a gay porno that's going to be widely distributed, uh, then, you know, that may be something that you you don't want to get involved in if you want to have any sort of a career afterwards. The only thing that's shocking to me, though, is that this wasn't discovered until very recently. So uh, he was in uh, an episode of a gay series called Groomsmen. Groomsmen. Uh, 
where he played alongside a man by the name of Raphael Joseph, uh, who is actually uh, an, 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 an actor named Nathaniel Bullock. This is from a series called The Closet. It's about uh, black men with hidden sex lives. So – uh, avert your gaze, avert your gaze if you don't want to see this because there's going to be a picture of them kissing. Uh, now, this was actually a video that was published on YouTube. All right. Now, because it's been discovered, uh, it's actually been hidden. But, of course, Marco Polo actually downloaded it. Let me see if I can jump past it real quick. There we go. Uh, here is the <laughs> – Oh, my God. This is only from 2020. This isn't that long ago. I mean, he was working in like he was working in government at the time that this was made. Oh, my God. This is coming from Senwat Network Films. (laughs) There is a wealth of information about the series and Lobat's role uh, in it available online, buried in digital archives. The (laughs) The Closet Drama Series is dropping today. And on October 15th, 2020, just before the ele- – that was the day that my channel got deleted on YouTube. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. So <clears throat> they celebrated their 19-year anniversary, and they released their new website, snfilms.net. We are so honored and humble for this milestone, and I really thank our fans and supporters for staying with us during this journey. The link to episode 11 can be found in our website in the first paragraph. We reached this great milestone with the help on the shoulders of many. Here are a few. Kevin F. Allen, Ijumo Hayward, Hollywood Kid, that sounds like a real name, Ruby J. Burt, <laughs> Ruby J. Burt Montgomery, Eric Montgomery, Evan Allison, okay, they just name a whole bunch of people, uh, but undoubtedly Patrick's name is uh, in, contained in there somewhere. Oh my gosh, this uh, th- th- <laughs> this just goes to show you that if you've got skeletons in your closet, you can be controlled. I don't know if Patrick Labatt really hates President Trump that much, and that's why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, but it's uh, oh god, now all I'm going to get is Magic Mike ads because. Uh, <laughs> Because I had that story up. Thanks, Daily Caller. All right. So, uh, or is Patrick Labatt being controlled because he was in a gay porn? Well, Patrick, if you wanted to unburden yourself, you can now do so. Because the cat's out of the bag. If you're gay, I don't care. I don't care if you're gay. Your wife might care. That's a problem. But that's for you guys to assess in the privacy of your own home. But if you, until this point, have been blackmailed because of your participation in a gay porn film, uh, then you can now step forward and you can do what's right. You can join so many others, blacks, gays, Asians, whites, Hispanics, people who support President Trump. Be honest about it, Patrick. Just come forward. I mean, it was called out of the closet, wasn't it? All right, so uh, that's all I've got for you there. That's uh, <laughs> I've got nothing else, nothing else to add to that conversation. Uh, who cares? Says one of the top five most liberal precincts in Kentucky has been cleared out due to a supposed gas leak. Uh, yes, you say a virtue. What gaze? Right. <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> All right. So uh, if there's if there's anything that you needed 
to conceptualize and materialize the fall of the Walt Disney Company. I feel like it's this story right here. I haven't been to Disney since I moved down to Florida. I always thought maybe I would go, but I don't think so now. I mean, and this is, you know, all of their woke shenanigans notwithstanding. Now, <laughs> my mind is made up 100%. First of all, the Star Wars stuff is just unforgivable. I can never, I can never look at Star Wars the same way again. And I was a Star Wars super fan. It's very difficult for me uh, to admit that Star Wars has been completely destroyed. I don't know. Maybe it's not that difficult. But I know exactly where to lay the blame, right at the feet of Bob Iger and the Walt Disney Company. Well, due to uh, perhaps their ongoing feud with the state of Florida, uh, or perhaps the fact that people are just not visiting because of that woke agenda, it seems like they're having some major problems. And one of those problems is people who do visit the park are pooping in line as they wait for rides. Now, when I saw this title, I immediately, it immediately struck me that this is not only a commentary on the state of Disney, but this is a commentary on the state of our nation. Go back 20 years, guys. Go back 20 years. Maybe, you know, 30 years. All right? So 30 years ago, I was 15 years old. And if you would have come to me and said that at Walt Disney World in Florida, there's a problem with people taking a bowel movement on the ground in front of other people as they're waiting for the ride, I would have said, you're joking. There's no way. Because you would have to have zero self-respect. You would also have to have a total lack of respect for people around you and the place that you're visiting. It's inhuman. Like, it's just such a foreign concept to me. It's like when I went to San Diego and I I saw somebody peeing and pooping on the sidewalk. I just, I was aghast. I couldn't believe it. I thought, okay, well, you know, here there's a problem with drugs. There's a problem with homelessness. Maybe these people have nowhere else to go. But you're in freaking Disney World. Like, there's bathrooms all around. There's no reason to poop on the ground in front of other people. So, Disney World guests are reporting that people are relieving themselves in line en masse. This is not an isolated incident. This is happening all over the place. You've got people who are visiting the park who are posting about it on social media. Uh, Someone said, I am in the rise. I'm in the queue for the rise of the resistance at Disney World. And someone let their kid take a dump on the floor and then just walked out and left it. WTF. And then someone on Reddit actually backed up the claim. They say that they've witnessed guests defecating in the park on numerous occasions. You've got bathrooms all over the place, but you've also got, you know, places where people can go to kind of escape the prying eyes of the public. And then, of course, there's also just, you know, people that are waiting in line. So the the person who actually worked at Disney World or perhaps still does, for the skeptics, this actually happened. Fun fact, this was one of three poop-related incidents at Rise that day. Less fun fact, I was here for all three of them. There was another person who also worked at Disney uh, who wrote that these incidents were commonplace at the theme park and that the staff have become desensitized to them over time. 
bodily fluids no longer bother me after working at Disney. Let's just say the attraction I work at has what the cast ended up dubbing the poop hall because of the, the amount of times that guests have gone in there and pooped. We even put a camera in there and it didn't stop it. So I would uh, I, I would really like to know the thoughts from you guys in the audience. I, I mean, OK, see you later, Denise. Thank you for hanging out. Um, yes, in Blazing Saddles, they shot a guy for chewing gum in line. That's how far our nation has fallen. Am I am I wrong? Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. ...on this, guys? Like, I mean, the idea that... There is something like seriously wrong with people. I can't imagine that any of you in the audience here would like feel comfortable, would, would, would 
would be okay doing that. Like pooping in, in front of people? Like, my God, no. Get the hell out. Close the door. I don't want anybody around me. <laughs> now, there was one time when I was working. Um, I think I was like 19 years old. I was working at a, a custom frame shop. Yeah, bro. Never. Never. Andre says, I am a Star Wars fan. It feels like we're living out the, the plot of the Clone Wars. The deep state is Palpatine manipulating both sides. Yes. <laughs> Mm. damn it janet says you people are uh plain ass nuts <laughs> yes yes there there is a sickness in society there is a deep sickness in society and uh, i every day it's like you know i talked about this before there was this meme going around about uh men thinking about the fall of the roman empire this is this is why because we can look out at the world and we can say, my God, this nation has crumbled. This is not the nation I grew up in. And you see people like haggling over the stupidest things. People can't come together and fix simple problems. And <laughs> I have to say, if you have a society where people are comfortable just taking a dump right in front of you in line at Disney World, you got a big problem. Uh, oh, Vector, I used to be a picture framer and spray painter of the molding, Zach. That's awesome. Yeah, I worked at a custom frame shop for a couple of years, and I've got a number of pieces that I actually made myself. Maybe I'll show one to you guys sometime. I, um, I was a, okay, you know what? I'm not going to get into it. I will, I, I will bring in a piece that I framed and, uh, I'll show it off. I've got at least two of them around here. All right. So moving on, you know, another indication of the sickness of society, Joe Biden sitting in the White House. My God, you know, <laughs> we've had a couple of years to get adjusted to that, though. And for many people, it's still just a big shocker, not something that you really want to dwell upon. But as I say, we are getting closer to 2024. And not only that, but it's quite clear that it's not just us that are sick of Joe Biden. We never wanted him in the first place. Uh, I, it looks like the, the Democrats and even Joe Biden's own staff are totally sick of him as well. So we just got a leaked memo coming out of the State Department and staffers within the State Department. Remember, the State Department is the diplomatic mission of the United States of America. They're criticizing Joe Biden for his pro-Israel stance. I find this to be highly interesting because the United States has always been pro-Israel. But the difference is now they have a bunch of radical Muslim terrorists who are working in the State Department and in other areas of the federal government. Uh, let's see. Fredo, <laughs> Fredo says, you haven't lived unless you've pinched a loaf on It's a Small World. Uh, let me ask, uh, are, are you are you like uh, hanging your cheeks over the edge of the boat? Are you going into the water? Because isn't that isn't that on a, on a boat that goes through? Um, it's a world of hope. It's a world of heart. I don't remember the lyrics. Mm. But that's a good one, Fredo. That's a good one. You're always coming with the jokes. So I feel like it's a little disingenuous to say that Biden only supports Israel. I mean, I think it's quite clear that the United States is supporting both Israel and Hamas. Uh, but of course, you know, there's a stronger affinity for Israel among the political zen, the political uh, elites in Washington, D.C. But here is the actual language from the memo. 
We must publicly criticize Israel's violations of international norms, such as failure to limit offensive operations to legitimate military targets. When Israel supports settler violence and illegal land seizures or employs excessive use of force against Palestinians, we must communicate publicly that this goes against our American values so that Israel does not act with impunity. I don't disagree with that at all. They also claim in the memo that there is a gap in the Biden administration's messaging on the Israel-Hamas war and that the current line contributes to regional public perceptions that the United States is a biased and dishonest honest actor, which at best does not advance and at worst harms U.S. interests worldwide. Uh, you know, I, I guess uh, I think that this is not the only thing that is doing that. I mean, since we're talking about the State Department, which is the public facing arm of the Central Intelligence Agency, you know, let's go back a little bit farther than October 7th, guys. Let's be honest here. Let's have a little bit of uh, intellectual rigor and examine the things that the United States has done and more specifically the State Department and the CIA. Uh, go back to the time of Hillary Clinton's tenure at the State Department. Uh, we came, we saw, he died, and she laughed maniacally, talking about Muammar Gaddafi. Let's talk about the 80 or so democratically elected governments that have been overthrown throughout the 20th and 21st century. Let's talk about the color revolutions. Let's talk about the uh, organized pedophilia inside the State Department. Let's talk about the child trafficking. Let, let's talk about uh, the uh, the hiring of prostitutes and cocaine-filled weekends on the taxpayer dime. Let's talk about all of that. Instead of pretending that Joe Biden's fumbling answers about the state of Israel and Hamas fighting each other, that's what's destroying the United States mission abroad. Sure, sure, Jan, sure. You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that? I got to get that to the top of the screen. Where is it? Oh, gosh. Where is it? You sure? There it is. Yeah. So I'm sure. And it's not what you think. You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that? What's interesting to me is that Joe Biden's own administration are the ones who's criticizing him. It goes to show that he has come to the end of his usefulness. Uh, Also, that is a nicely face-tuned version of Joe Biden. Uh, Of course, they couldn't put his actual picture up there because, um, you know, he looks like a a zombie. (sighs) There is a, there's a groundswell of resistance to Joe Biden and what he's doing. I, I think it's a, a matter of time, a foregone conclusion. They're going to be replacing him and they're going to be putting somebody else in his place. Now, the only question I have is, is that going to be something that um, – <laughs> that that is you know somebody who they would like to take over in 2024 or are they going to actually move someone into the presidency like you know right now during his uh, his first term or tenure as resident i don't know but uh 
Continuing on with the sad saga of the Biden crime family, today was an interesting day in Congress. Jim Jordan had David Weiss, the uh, lead prosecutor in the Hunter Biden cases, come on in and testify. We do have some specific information about that. But before he arrived, uh, we had this list of questions that David Weiss must need answering. Uh, And the first of all uh, was the obvious one. Did you request special counsel status or special attorney authority before August of 2023? And then what were the internal DOJ discussions about giving you additional charging authority? Now, this is important because when Gary Shapley testified to the House Waynes and Mean Committee and he described a meeting that was held October 7th, 2022, where David Weiss had allegedly stated he had been denied special counsel authority after the U.S. attorney who had been appointed by Joe Biden for the District of Columbia, Matthew Graves, had refused to cooperate. So it sounded like at that time, David Weiss was trying to do the right thing. He requested the authority that he would need. And of course, Merrick Garland denied it. Now, we also had an email that was shared by Gary Shapley's attorney, uh, and we also had his handwritten notes, which contained a contemporaneous scribe of what had actually occurred at the meeting. So the two IRS whistleblowers had testified that there had been a rift that developed between Shapley and David Weiss after that meeting, and that resulted in Shapley being removed from the Hunter Biden case altogether. Now, When asked about this, David Weiss publicly had denied he had requested special counsel authority. He put this in a letter that he sent to Lindsey Graham after the transcript of Shapley's testimony had become public. Now, Weiss had alluded to internal discussions about special attorney status in his letter, but he failed to go into detail. Now, Merrick Garland ended up appointing Weiss as special counsel in August, but he only did it after the IRS whistleblowers came forward. And then, of course, Hunter Biden's plea deal also fell apart. So uh, what else? Uh, We need to know whether there were any assurances that Merrick Garland gave David Weiss about his charging authority. Uh, So Garland actually testified also to the House Judiciary Committee back in September, and he has publicly asserted on a number of occasions that Weiss could have requested additional authority under Section 515 so that he could charge Hunter Biden outside of his jurisdiction. He just didn't. And then, of course, Garland also said that Weiss had the full authority on the Hunter Biden case, citing letters that Weiss had sent to Congress. Because on June 7th, Weiss wrote to the House Judiciary Chairman, Jim Jordan. He said at that time he had ultimate authority over the case. And then later in June, he wrote a second letter to Jordan where he said that that authority wasn't exactly ultimate. It was geographically restricted to his home district, which, of course, makes it very difficult to charge outside of that district if you're not allowed to. It's funny, though, because Fannie Willis was able to do it all the way down there in Georgia. I guess maybe the laws are are different or the rules are applied differently in different situations. Obviously, if you're Trump, you can be charged well outside of any jurisdiction that somebody might have. But if you're Hunter Biden, you got to go ask for permission. Uh, so Weiss also said in his letter to 
Lindsey Graham, that he had never been prevented from bringing charges in any jurisdiction. And the attorney general testified that he did not observe any contradictions in the letters that Weiss was writing to Congress, but he refused to discuss any private conversations that he had with Weiss, only what had been publicly revealed. Now, he also cited the previous testimony he had given to the Senate, uh, where he had insisted that David Weiss had complete authority to charge Hunter Biden and that he did not need to be designated a special counsel. Now, Garland also deferred a number of times on details of the case, uh, and, of course, he defended Weiss's integrity. We also need to know whether or not the two Biden-appointed U.S. attorneys refused to cooperate on charging Hunter Biden and how that influenced any decision-making on Weiss's behalf. Now, the reason this is an issue is because the uh, very U.S. attorneys that had been appointed by Joe Biden, uh, the attorneys for the Central District of Columbia and uh, also California, had both testified to the Judiciary Committee in October, and they confirmed their decision not to cooperate with Weiss on potentially charging Hunter Biden. We know that from transcripts. Shapley had, in his testimony, accused U.S. attorneys of refusing to cooperate on multiple officials and occasions and on the Hunter Biden case, and he had actually corroborated that accusation before the prosecutors had been called in to testify. Uh, Shapley had also said that Graves refused to cooperate in early 2022. And that resulted in the statute of limitations expiring. So these alleged tax offenses could not be prosecuted because they were committed in Graves District and he would not file the charges. Now, Merrick Garland, when he testified, told Jim Jordan that those U.S. attorneys did not have to partner with Weiss on the Hunter Biden case, uh, but also could not turn him down. I'm going to say again that no one had the authority to turn him down. They could refuse to partner with him. I don't know how those two things are different from each other. If they didn't have the authority to turn down the charges, but they did have the authority to refuse to partner with him on the charges, either decision, no matter how you word it, it comes out the exact same way. So, also in order to charge Hunter Biden, did David Weiss need approval from the DOJ's tax division? And if so, was there a bureaucratic process for charging Hunter Biden? Now, this is important because Graves actually testified to the House Judiciary Committee that Weiss did, in fact, need approval from the DOJ's tax division if he wanted to charge Hunter Biden. And the acting deputy assistant attorney general for criminal matters at the tax division Division, whose name is Stuart Goldberg, testified in October to the same committee and confirmed that Weiss required approval from that department to charge Hunter Biden. Now, Goldberg also stated that David Weiss would still need approval from DOJ tax, even if he had acquired special counsel status or the authority as a special attorney. Uh, and FBI agent Thomas Sobosinski testified back in September that David Weiss dealt with a cumbersome bureaucratic process while disputing part of Gary Shapley, the IRS whistleblower's testimony. This FBI agent contested Shapley's account of that October 7th, 2022 meeting, uh, and he said he believed that Weiss had the full authority to charge under whatever statute it might be. Uh, Now, also, finally, what was the plan for charging Hunter Biden before the IRS whistleblowers came forward? (laughs) This is a good one. Are you aware of the accusations from the whistleblowers? Now, 
before they actually came forward. David Weiss reportedly had no plan on having Hunter Biden plead guilty to these charges. The IRS agents submitted a special agent report back in February of last year, and they recommended a slate of misdemeanor and felony tax charges for Hunter Biden. They testified to that effect. So at the time, we decided what charges we were going to push forward on in the prosecution report, and we made the decision on what we were going to move forward with. They list a bunch of statutes. It would be felony counts related to 2014 and felony counts related to 2018. So the House Ways and Means Committee released documents back in September, which summarized all of these proposed charges for Hunter Biden from tax years 2014 to 2019. And inside that document was a trove of other documents that were released by the House Ways and Means Committee for the substantial IRS whistleblower testimony. And the special agent report was sent over to the DOJ tax section, and a memo was written in support of those prosecutions as recommended by the IRS whistleblowers. And it resulted in David Weiss and making a request to Graves for cooperation, which, of course, he declined to offer. And Graves uh, said that uh, he didn't want to prosecute Hunter Biden. He didn't want anything to do with it, probably didn't want to put his job in jeopardy, Uh, definitely wanted to protect the Biden crime family. So they hosted a meeting back in June of 2022 where they presented their case on what they wanted to charge Hunter Biden with. Uh, this actually caught the IRS agents off guard. And at that meeting, the DOJ tax officials said that they would approve the 2017 through 2019 tax charges to be leveled in California. Now, of course, the only problem is the California U.S. attorney also declined to partner with David Weiss back in October of 2022. Uh, and then when he became special counsel, Weiss filed a motion to dismiss the Delaware tax charges against Hunter Biden in order to potentially charge him in D.C. or in the Central District of California. Now, Hunter ended up being indicted, as we know, on three federal gun charges tied to his October October 2018 purchase of a Colt Cobra revolver in Delaware, where he was allegedly suffering from a addiction to crack cocaine. He did plead not guilty to the charges in October and uh, downplayed them recently in an op-ed that he wrote in USA Today. Uh, and of course, he downplayed any ongoing congressional investigation into his family's foreign business dealings. Also, the younger Biden is suing the IRS for what his legal team argues constitutes illegal disclosures by Shapley and Ziegler in their testimony and media interviews. The only problem is those guys are federally protected whistleblowers. So what actually came of David Weiss's testimony? Well, according to Jim Jordan, David Weiss confirms key details of the IRS whistleblower testimony. So they were telling the truth. David Weiss has co-signed on what they said. So he came forward earlier today before the House Judiciary Committee, uh, and he said that, yeah, he requested special counsel authority under Section 515 back in the spring of 2022. Uh, Weiss, however, was not given that special authority, and he did not have special attorney authority before he was appointed special counsel just recently this year. So when he was specifically asked, did you ever request special counsel attorney authority under Section 515? Mr. Weiss's response was yes in the spring of 2022. So that goes to the heart of this matter. So that also indicates that Attorney General Merrick Garland 
lied when he testified before Congress, claiming that David Weiss never requested special counsel authority or this authority under Section 515. That is a key takeaway. It's going to answer a lot of questions. Uh, the whole deposition was about the changing story that they've been getting from the DOJ regarding the level of authority he had. And I think the answer, the key is, it's entirely consistent with what Mr. Shapley said after that October 7th, 2022 meeting. So we also now have an FBI agent, Joseph Kapazinski, lying about the specifics of that meeting as well, uh, because during it, it was now confirmed that uh, Mr. Weiss said that he had requested special counsel authority because he wanted to file charges in D.C. and in California and Maine DOJ denied his request. They told him uh, to, uh, you know, move along. Just try to do what you can do. Shapley testifying back uh, in regards to the October 7th meeting uh, said that uh, that Weiss had been denied by the Department of Justice because the Biden appointed U.S. attorneys for those two areas did not want to work with him. And of course, Merrick Garland is protecting not only Hunter Biden, but also Joe Biden. So that is a bombshell revelation. Uh, Continuing on from Merrick Garland's testimony, he claimed that uh, all he would have to do would be to ask me for 515 authority and I would sign for it right away. Well, that, my friends, was a lie. Is Jim Jordan going to file perjury charges against Merrick Garland? Is he going to file perjury charges against any of the other FBI agents or the other uh, DOJ operatives who have claimed that Gary Shapley and the other whistleblower were lying? Uh, I don't know, but I think that there is uh, a strong indication that he should. Certainly, Merrick Garland needs to be called back before the committee to clarify the answers that he gave previously, because you know what they say. Uh, there's no way that both of these guys can be telling the truth. They both can't be telling different stories that are incongruent with each other and have them both be true at the exact same time. All right, you guys, if you would not mind, I would sincerely appreciate it if you could hit that like button. We've got 3,600 people, almost 3,700 people here over on Rumble and only 457 likes. Thank you so much to the people over at Pilled.net. Uh, if you guys wouldn't mind, please hit that red pill button. It's super, super easy. I know that every single one of you that are watching has a an account, uh, so it, it's not difficult. Uh, Duppy says, Judge Arthur in Gayron. I think that's an accurate descriptor. Also, you guys, Duppy and I have another show coming up here very soon. Uh, and Oh, and Duppy, I, I got your message. You said that we would need to split the shows up. I'm totally cool with that. If we need to do two more, uh, I'm, I'm fine. I think the audience really enjoys it when you're on. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Red Pill Ken says, you're, you're shitting me, Red Pill 78. <laughs> no, I wish I was, Ken. I wish I was. Oh, but other people are shitting us. <laughs> Oh, who cares? It says, high five, Zach, and uh, RPGF. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Uh, let me see. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, thank you also to everybody who is uh, ordering Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack using my special link. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pass it out one more time because we're kind of getting into that season, uh, that cold season. 
And uh, if you order Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack, where the heck is it? Where's my Z-Stack link? Hang on. it's I, I got it in here somewhere. Yes. Here's the Z-Stack link. If you order Z-Stack link, Z-Stack from this link, uh, then you will be supporting the show uh, and as well as your own your own health. Uh, what's up over there, uh, Rajamak and uh, Time Traveling Hipster? Appreciate that. Uh, yes, I, I, I agree. Moves and counter moves. You know, the deep state is always trying to stay one step ahead. Uh, and we have people who are working for the good of the American people in government. I know it's difficult to believe, but you've got good FBI agents. You've got good DOJ employees. You, you've you've even got good people in the intelligence community. Um The only thing is the people that you see are the pieces of human garbage. They're the ones who step out and put themselves in front of the spotlight. They're the ones who run the official government narratives from their mouthpieces. They're the ones who try to run psyops on us. The good people are behind the scenes. They don't need to be front and center. They don't need to to get fame and fortune from this. You know, they're the ones who are working uh, to try to overturn uh, the tragic situation that we find ourselves in as a nation and a people right now. Now, uh, talking about moves and counter moves, we just had some new recently revealed emails coming out of DHS. That is a federal agency, the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, it looks like they were even deeper involved in the censorship of American citizens and also censorship of uh, Donald Trump himself. So they played a central role in censoring uh, outlets like the Gateway Pundit, probably accounts like you and I, and certainly censoring President Trump himself. So the DHS was working with these third-party affiliates, and they were working exclusively to censor President Trump, who was in office at the time, and they were also censoring a number of Republican candidates surrounding the 2020 presidential election. This is coming from a brand new report by the House of of, uh, Representatives. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, CISA, which is a name that many of us had never heard of until right before the 2020 election when it was dropped in those posts is a subset of the Department of Homeland Security. They were working with another group that we've now come to know very well, the Election Integrity Partnership and the Center for Internet Security, EIP and CIS, respectively. So they were working publicly, it was their their reasoning, to, to flag online speech that was made by President Trump and other Republicans on social media sites like Twitter, uh, Parler, Facebook, uh, you know, Twitch, YouTube, all that stuff. And they were working specifically to shut down that speech. They, they were they were working against the interests of our civil liberties, our right to our First Amendment. So President Trump and others were caught up in that. And, uh, you know, I, I feel truthfully that I was one of those people as well. Anybody who had their account deleted, anybody who had their account deboosted, anybody who was shadow banned, you were a victim of that. And that's uh, largely the reason why we have this case going on right now. 
now in Missouri, of which the Gateway Pundit is a lead plaintiff. Uh, they're suing the current administration for their efforts to continue to shut down speech online. There is no such thing as dangerous speech. There is only such a thing as dangerous people who behave in dangerous ways. You don't need a gun or the, I don't know, the plans to, to make an improvised explosive device to go out in public and uh, and hurt, kill, and maim people. You know, they're not going to take away cars because idiots drive into uh, a crowd of innocent people. Uh, but they are sure going to try to take your guns after they get a false flag MK Ultra situation going where a doctor uh, has been providing some sort of medication to a person who's profoundly ill and susceptible to the sorts of suggestions that are necessary to get people to go out there and and shoot people, kill people, maim people, and then claim to do it for political reasons. So this report says that uh, pursuant to a subpoena, CISA has produced to the committee and select subcommittees dozens of emails in which the CIS sent reports of misinformation from state and local election officials to both the EIP and CISA. So state and local officials monitoring your speech appealing to the federal government itself to shut down your speech and protect elections and uh, in the republic right remember the time magazine article they didn't steal the election they were fortifying the election and that fortification of the election was only possible by the stifling of your dangerous speech so CISA then uh, switchboarded the reports to the relevant social media platforms. They sent the marching orders out to YouTube, to Twitter, to Facebook, to Twitch, and they said, hey, these accounts need to get shut down. So that process, that switchboard process, would then allow state and local election officials to flag the so-called misinformation from the relevant social media platforms, which would allow the social media platforms to remove the speech. And this is all coming from the judiciary report. We've seen evidence of this happening in the past. They had a backdoor system, which allowed for the reporting of specific accounts for specific keywords. And then that marching order would get sent over to Twitter. We remember from the Twitter files, they were getting lists directly from the freaking FBI. At this point, my only question is which federal agency wasn't working with your tax dollars to shut down your speech. I, I, I would be shocked if every single federal agency didn't have some process in play to make sure that you would not be able to communicate effectively online. So the EIP used a software system called JIRA, uh, and they would create tickets for tracking and sharing this so-called misinformation on social media. They would share it with government officials, social media platforms, and other third parties. Who hasn't been revealed yet? I mean, I, I would imagine there's probably a number of other nonprofit organizations, 501c3, 501c3 organizations uh, that were probably part of this process as well. So uh, the EIP is a collection of organizations designed to rapidly respond to supposed election misinformation, and it works closely with the federal government without actually being part of the federal government per, per se. And CIS is a CISA-funded nonprofit that is designed exclusively to send misinformation reports from 
from election officials to social media platforms. You can bet that they weren't doing this to Democrats or to leftists. So in other words, uh, while CISA, a government agency under the DHS, did not directly report content to EIP, CISA had complete visibility of exactly what was being reported to EIP. It's like they were overlords watching this process taking place, but having a hands-off attitude so that they could have plausible deniability about the fact that Americans were being censored. Now, at the same time, we could they could also see what was being reported, and they could also see the same content directly being suppressed by social media platforms. So they had no official role. CIA was well aware. They had reports that were being submitted to the EIP. They could see all of that stuff. They were getting the tickets from that software suite called JIRA, and they were also getting notifications via email about the specific speech and the specific accounts that were actually being suppressed. This is illegal violations of your civil rights and more specifically your violation of the right to free speech. They also had personnel who had direct access to the EIP's ticketing system, and they also had other people who were in direct contact with social media platforms. They were acting as a go-between. Now, President Trump was actually targeted multiple times by CISA and the EIP both before and after the 2020 election. And it was all because of his comments online about the election process. Remember the narrative of the fact that the elections were safe and secure, that there's no such thing as widespread election fraud. Well, it was the federal government who was running that fake news narrative so that they could discredit President Trump and anybody else who had the balls to go out there and speak the obvious. Right now, uh, excuse me, back in October of 2020, President Trump said on Twitter, strongly trending Google since immediately after the second debate is, can I change my vote? This refers to changing it to me. The answer in most states is yes, go do it. Most important election of your life. Now, this local official through these various processes, flagged that tweet from President Trump to the CIS, calling it misinformation. They sent it to the tip line on the day President Trump posted it. And we know this because it showed up in a 70-page report. President Trump tweeted encouraging his followers to change their vote if they could after that second presidential debate because people wanted to know if it was a possibility. So the election officials' submission was then forwarded to the EIP, and it was forwarded to CISA, and then and they proceeded to forward that request to Twitter without informing the White House of their decision. So, again, the very government, the very administration that was supposed to be serving President Trump and the best interests of, of America was working against both. To be clear, this evidence shows an unelected executive branch official flagging a statement from the elected leader of the executive branch for removal from one of the world's largest and most active public forums. CISA has not been provi- has not provided the committee any evidence that it contacted the White House prior to making the referral to opine on the veracity of the claim in the tweet. They never verify the veracity of this stuff. They just call it disinformation and then they call it a day. They're not worried about truth. They're not worried about effectively sharing good information. They're worried about protecting the narrative, and they always have been. So the actual ticket request uh, and uh, the EIP request notes, we, the EIP, 
heard back from Twitter through CISA. Again, <laughs> this was such a circuitous loop. It's like everybody is kept in the loop. Even though CISA is not necessarily the one doing it, they're overseeing the process and they're paying for it. And Twitter responded to the request and uh, they flagged that tweet. There was a similar action that was taken after the election in 2020. Beginning on November 4th, a Michigan election official sent a misinformation report over to CIS and it was related to social media posts casting doubt on the election results, as I'm sure you remember, the vast majority majority of us were. So the report then got sent over to the EIP and to CISA for further action, and the EIP identified social media posts in an attempt to confirm the state officials' report, not to verify whether or not there were problems in the election. One of the posts identified by EIP was a post from President Trump, a tweet on November 7th, that featured an article from Breitbart, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a legitimate news source. What a total mess this election has been, President Trump tweeted with the headline and the link to the article. The EIP also flagged posts coming from President Trump's family members, Don Jr., Eric Trump, and some of those posts were then labeled or removed, and that's, again, according to the report from Judiciary. There were also EIP flag posts from Republican candidates, such as North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis, New York Representative Nicole Maliotakis, Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, and former Georgia Representative Jody Heiss. Tillis tweeted out on November 4th, celebrating his victorious re-election campaign with an image of him speaking to a crowd of supporters. The EIP ticket was submitted because Tillis's victory celebration was believed to be premature by the organization. Tillis, however, was reelected to serve another six-year term, and his tweet appears to have been deleted. We don't know if it was Tillis or the EIP that got it deleted. There was also a Facebook post from Maliotakis' campaign on November 3rd, and in that post, she urged her followers to vote. She was first elected back in 2020 and successfully flipped her seat from Democratic control. Her post appears to have been removed by Facebook. In similar fashion, they also flagged a post from MTG on her account, also encouraging her followers to share a post and a tweet from Jody Heiss questioning Georgia's election administration. Now, President Trump was narrowly officially defeated by Joe Biden in Georgia's election. As we all know, there are contentious reasons why we believe that to not be true. I believe that many of those votes well outside Joe Biden's so-called margin of victory had no chain of custody, uh, were absolutely fictitious. They don't belong to a living people. They were taken out from addresses without physical space for people to live. But President Trump, because he questioned the election, is being charged down in Georgia. Now, another important point that I had uh, had forgotten to mention about President Trump's charges down in Georgia, everything he said, all of the posts he made indicated that he believed the election was stolen. In order for them to prove that Donald Trump is guilty of racketeering or of somehow defrauding the people of Georgia or the people of the United States, they have to prove that President Trump secretly believed 
that the election wasn't stolen, that he actually believed Joe Biden won that election. I don't think that that's possible, and I don't think anybody is going to be able to testify or prove that President Trump's secret belief behind the scenes was that Joe Biden won the election. It's just simply not plausible. So the EIP used its support from the federal government and public criticism in order to pressure Twitter and other social media companies into censoring or deleting posts And there was also testimony from a former Facebook official. In addition to having the explicit and implicit backing of the federal government, the EIP had another tool at its disposal to pressure social media companies to comply with censorship requests. And that, my friends, was the media. Remember that every time I was banned or deleted from a platform or from a source of monetization, it was always preceded by a lengthy expose written by the very, very obviously Democrat-aligned Media Matters. They were a a platform that was conceptualized to defend Hillary Clinton from the right wing media of uh, the early 2020 or the early 2000s. And they transitioned to attack people like me, podcasters and uh, right wing uh, independent media personalities. If it wasn't for the mainstream media putting the pressure on those platforms, then I don't think I ever would have been deleted because I never did anything that warranted the deletion. And I wish I could sue Media Matters, but I just I can't. It's not it's, it's not possible. So they used the mainstream media along with the federal government to pressure these private organizations, social media companies to silence voices like me and like you. And if it wasn't for this perfect, perfect alignment of power structures, then uh, things might have gone very, very differently. Now, CISA is one of those government agencies uh, that is being sued in that Missouri lawsuit that I had mentioned, Missouri versus Biden. And it's all about the First Amendment. Uh, They are contesting the ability of government officials to work with these social media platforms on censoring online speech, both in the past and into the future. And the Supreme Court is going to hear this. I I, I honestly don't know if there is a more important First Amendment case that has ever come before the bench. So while the Supreme Court is preparing to hear the lawsuit, there was an injunction by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which prevented the shills inside the government and the Biden administration from working with social media companies. The Fifth Circuit had expanded its injunction in October to include CISA among the other government agencies that were prevented from working with social media platforms. Now, Christopher Ray, there's another agency that probably had their hands in, uh, in, in suppressing free speech. We actually learned quite a bit from the uh, Twitter files. But he testified before the Senate October 31st, and he acknowledged how the interactions of the FBI with social media companies had changed because of the court's hearing. CISA does not and has never censored speech or facilitated censorship. I feel like that's a lie. Every day, the men and women of CISA execute the agency's mission of reducing risk to U.S. critical infrastructure in a way that protects Americans' freedom of speech, civil rights, civil liberties, and privacy. This is coming from CISA Director 
Brandon Wales. He said this in a statement to the Daily Caller in response to concerns from election officials of all parties regarding foreign influence operations and disinformation that may impact the security of election infrastructure. CISA mitigates the risk of disinformation by sharing information on election literacy and election security with the public and by amplifying the trusted voices of election officials across the nation. Sounds like a bunch of doublespeak to me. And they always use the excuse of uh, foreign meddling. How easy would it be to figure out who's behind these social media accounts? I mean, it is the federal government after all. You know, they've got tools at their disposal, which could show exactly where these posts are coming from and even who owns the accounts that uh, they belong to. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, it's not really about making sure that uh, there isn't malign foreign influence in our elections. It's all about shutting down the speech that is outside the boundaries of the narrative they want to continue to push on the American people. And when people like you and I get out there and speak the truth about the way that our government has lied to us, the way that our government has suppressed our speech and destroyed our access to our God-given civil rights, well, simply, my friends, they just can't abide. They can't allow that to happen. So again, this case coming before the Supreme Court uh, could not be more important. And I think that the reverberations from it are going to be felt for generations. Our government is so corrupt and there are so many various federal agencies that just need to get shut down. They need to get put out of business. And Brandon Wales, I believe you're a liar. You are using a very creative characterization of the actions taken by CISA to get around the uh, truthfulness of what you and your partners actually did. CISA didn't specifically direct anybody to delete anything or suppress anyone. No, they just paid the agencies that did it. They just oversaw the process as it was being completed. They definitely communicated with Twitter and other social media companies. Uh, But just because you never sent an email saying delete this account or turn President Trump's replies off or put a flag on whatever it was this Republican public official had said doesn't mean that you're not any more culpable You know, it makes me think about other criminal acts that people can engage in. Uh, You know, it's it's against the law. Like if you know about a crime, you know, say there's uh, someone in your family or a friend comes to you and says, I did something terrible and I'm going to have to run. Well, if the police come to you and say, did you know about this? Do you know where your friend is? And you lie to them. Well, my friends, that's obstruction of justice. Okay, you've just committed a crime. So how is it not a crime when CISA or other federal agencies or their partners facilitates the wholesale destruction of our civil rights? I don't think that there is a difference, and I believe that these people are guilty of far more heinous things than what they attempt to take us out for. Uh, Millie B., good to see you. Yes, thank you for being here. All right, so we're going to go ahead and close it out there. CISA, the cybersecurity infrastructure, cybersecurity infrastructure agency, something, something along those lines. Uh, let me say thank you to Lee Ann 63. Thank you for the can. Porpoiseful. Thank you for the cookie. And Red Pill, uh, Red Pill Ken says, who's worse? J. Edgar Hoover or Christopher Wright or Christopher Ray of dope? So Christopher Ray or J. Edgar Hoover? I would say that 
J. Edgar Hoover is worse because he set the tone for the FBI. Uh, he presided over COINTEL Pro, uh, which has officially ended, but I mean, it's just evolved and uh, it has moved into this new era. Um, the various heads of these agencies, like, you know, uh, the, the Alan Dulles, you know, I mean, he, he really honed the CIA as uh, a tool for international control. And everybody that came after him just built upon that legacy. I think the same is true of Christopher Ray uh, and uh, the legacy of J. Edgar Hoover. So yeah, I'd say that uh, the, uh, the the worse the worst party in this situation came from came from before. But that's a great question. I uh, really appreciate uh, appreciate that. All right, you guys, I have uh, no more thank yous to give. I don't think there's anything over here on cash. Actually, uh, Diana. On Cash App, she says, look up Truth Be Told Johnson's pod. Uh, Are you saying like on uh, podcasting platforms? Um, Let me see. Uh, Let me see if I can find something right here and I'll I'll subscribe. Truth Be Told Johnson. Am I reading that correctly, Diana? Truth be told with Mike and Kelly Johnson. Okay, this has got to be it. Mike Johnson, congressman and constitution. Oh, this is the Mike Johnson. <laughs> this is uh, Speaker of the House, uh, Mike Johnson. Okay, is there a, Diana, is there a particular episode that you want me to look at? I mean, I, I, I like Mike Johnson. I know a lot of people... Leery about him, you know. I mean, I don't think we should trust any politician. I don't think we should take anybody at face value, and not just politicians, but people in general. You, you got to protect yourself. Uh, let me see. <clears throat> okay, I don't know what's happening over there in the chat, but you guys, um, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, do we have an infiltrator in the chat? <laughs> no, no. I, I I don't know what the hell's going on. But you guys, let's just you know, let's chill out. Uh, and um, it, and you guys, and if anybody out there is uh, uh, confused. I got to defer to my woman. That's just how it is. All right, you guys. Um, what up? What up? What up? And uh, let me just go ahead and uh, I'm just going to check Ko-Fi because I didn't see anything pop up. But it says that uh, I have a couple of notifications. And last notification was from a couple of days ago. So, yeah, got nothing else. All right. Uh, I'm a Johnny Cash fan suicide. Certainly a Johnny Cash fan, but I, I must have missed the reference. I didn't see the uh, the chat. All right, you guys, that's all I've got. Um, I got to go to uh, Dollar General. I got to pick something up. I, I got to get some uh, some propane because all of our propane's out. All right, that's it. Good luck. God bless. I'm going to pass out these gold pills, and I'll be back tomorrow at 5 p.m. for another episode of Red Pill News. And there we go. The scratch off has been released. All right, you guys. Peace.
Wait a second. I missed a super chat from Brain Strain again. Says, thank you, Zach, for your excellent summary of the censorship exposed by Jim Jordan. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper indeed. And uh, yeah, that's it. See you guys. Good, good luck. God bless. Also, thank you to Coyote Patriot, who says another great show, political corruption, half-naked judges, and Disney poop, a banger. Hope all is well, Zach, Lisa, and RP Mom. Thank you again, guys. Thank you again. Much love.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.